0: Hey, Travis Rogers here. When you're not listening to me on the Lakers pre- and post-game shows, tune in to The Experience with LaFern Cusack, where she goes beyond the play and focuses on athletes, fans, and the biggest events that inspire and shape our community. Listen to The Experience with LaFern Cusack, Sundays, 5 to 6 a.m. ESPN LA 710. Welcome
1: to The Experience here on ESPN LA. I'm LaFern Cusack. Today we're talking all about the flu and... Just how many people died from the flu from last year and how we can eliminate that this year. Talking all that and more with Dr. Morcos Clark. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. So tell us about what you do to save lives every day. Okay.
0: So I am a physician and I work in Southern California, Laguna Hills primarily, and I'm an internal medicine doctor and geriatric specialist. I'm in private practice and I'm in the Monarch Network in Orange County and I see patients ranging from ages
1: eighteen all the way to the very end. Well tell us And I do primary care. How did you get into, you know, choosing this is the field that I wanna get into? Well, it's a very hard choice to make when you're in
0: training. You really don't know. And sometimes we are uh, drawn to something or have a primary focus that we really, really enjoy. And I just really enjoyed um, internal medicine because it's kind of the whole body. And geriatrics primarily because it's I'm 65 and older, and most patients have a lot of chronic diseases that we have to manage. And I just enjoyed that challenge. And I enjoyed not only treating patients who are elderly, but kind of learning from them, too. They could offer a lot of knowledge and wisdom. Um, and that is something that a lot of doctors are finding to be the case that most of their patients have gotten older and a lot of them are geriatricians even if they don't have the training
1: for it as our as our population ages right and that is something that we talk a lot about it's like well what do you do with people that age you know uh, and i I know we're, we're talking about you know the best time to get flu vaccines and all of that but It's really important for us to take care of our aging citizens, right? Right.
0: And um, we age every day, every year. And it's also nice to know what's normal and what's not normal. What's a normal part of aging and what's not normal. So um, a lot of times your primary care doctor will help you identify um, things that you thought, well, my friends have that, so that must be normal, like memory loss. Memory loss is never normal. So it's important to go see your primary care physician, make an appointment, and talk about the issues that come up. Make a list. Go in with the list and cover things that you might think are okay or not okay.
1: Why, and Why do you say memory loss is not normal? Memory loss is not a normal part of aging. So... That could be
0: the start of a cognitive impairment or other disease process. Delayed recall is a normal part of aging. So taking time to remember something is normal. Oh. But not remembering
1: it at all is not normal. Oh, I see. Yeah. Uh, nice. <laughs> well, I know you. there's all these, you know, health pills out there, isn't it? your memory, you know, (laughs) and then it's like, oh, I mean, those. Yeah, the FDA doesn't really regulate that.
0: So if you have a pill, a magic pill that we don't know about that's out on the market, most of the times it's very suspect mm-hmm. and not necessarily true. But you can make that claim if you're not FDA regulated. <laughs> and <laughs> there's also something that we know in medicine called the placebo effect. Yes. So we know that if you take a sugar pill for, I don't know, you might end up feeling better after the first pill that's called the placebo effect Mm -hmm. so it's really important to know what works and what doesn't work and make an appointment with your providers and your primary care doctors Um, in Monarch we get in patients very quickly same-day appointments are very easy to get so It's important to seek help when you wonder about things that are on the market and how effective they are or how safe they are. Right.
1: And a lot of that, a lot of the nutrition that we need, it really comes in our food. Isn't that correct? Correct. So if you have a very healthy diet, you could stave
0: off disease, chronic diseases like diabetes or even help protect you against the flu. So we're coming up on the flu season. So if you have a very healthy diet and you stay active physically, then you can prevent something as simple as a common cold
1: or preventing the flu. Well, tell tell us when is the best time to get the flu vaccine. So,
0: the CDC and primary care doctors recommend getting the flu vaccine now. So, October <laughs> and November are the perfect months to get the flu vaccine. The flu vaccine takes about 2 weeks to become effective and it will last you, if you get it by the end of October, it should last you through the peak of the flu season. Now, the flu season peaks in January and February. So you don't want to get it too late, but then you also don't want to get it too early because there is no flu booster. So it's one shot, one in, one dose per year to prevent the flu vaccine for that season.
1: And what types of flu vaccines are available? I know I know that every year there's a different strain. So right. So there's about a dozen different flu vaccines that are available
0: every year, and most um, patients end up getting the injectable form of the flu vaccine. Now, last year there was not another option. The only option was getting an injection. This year, the CDC has reformulated the nasal spray vaccine. However, you have to be very uh, cautious when using the nasal spray because it's not for everybody. For example, it is only for those healthy patients between the ages of to 50. So if you're older than 50, you should not get the nasal spray vaccine. And it's called Flumist. Why is that? Well, because it's a live attenuated virus. So you're getting the live version of the flu vaccine versus getting an injection is a killed virus. So there is no active uh, virus in that vaccine. And that's far safer. Now, there's different formulations of the injectable flu vaccine. So two of them were actually not grown in your typical eggs. So I don't know if you know that, but the vaccine is actually, the vaccine's actually manufactured in eggs. Mm-hmm. However, this year two products are not grown in eggs. So, It is thought to be more effective, but the CDC doesn't recommend one over the other. There's also a trivalent vaccine and a quadrivalent vaccine. So there's three strains versus four strains. And the CDC, again, does not recommend one over the other. They just recommend that everyone receive the flu vaccine, especially seniors over the age of 65. And your doctor will let you know if you need to have the high-dose flu vaccine, and those are for your high-risk senior population or those with um, chronic disease processes or lung disorders. So it's really important to talk to your primary care physician if you wonder which one to get. And they'll help you decipher which one is the best or more effective one for you.
1: How can they tell what strain is coming out each year? Or can they? That's a great question. That's a great question. Thank and you. They do their best. <laughs> because I'm Everyone like, how oh, can they know that?
0: Know that? <laughs> right. they Examine the the trends coming from the West and they examine them and look for the most common strains and they do their best. To get the right combination and sometimes they get it right and sometimes they don't. Last year they didn't get it right. And last year there was a mutation and the vac- most of the vaccines did not cover a certain strain, the H3N2 strain. And so we had the very deadly flu season last year. Right. So, right. And you just have to also be aware that no vaccine is 100% effective. Most vaccines are 40 to 60% effective against the flu. So even if you do get the flu, just know that if you have the vaccine, the flu will be less um, strong, and it'll you know, take the edge off most of your symptoms. So don't feel bad that you got sick, regardless of whether or not you got the flu
1: vaccine. So Dr. Marcos-Clark, can you tell us, like, why... How did they get it so wrong last year? Well, there was a mutation in in um, one of the strains,
0: and it, there was a drift, and it was you know it led to a more severe flu season. But we don't really know that until we're into it. Right. So we just try our best, and the CDC monitors the the outbreaks and. Mm. They follow it closely and hope for the best for
1: next year. Now, you talked about the nasal spray versus, you know, getting an injection. So when I heard you say, you know, you know, be careful about the nasal spray. It for me, it was like, oh, I'm definitely going to get the flu. Is that true? Can you get the flu from vaccines? You can, and the
0: nasal flu spray is not for pregnant women. So if you're pregnant, you should not get that vaccine. So, for example, when I was pregnant, um, my OBGYN offered me and really insisted that I get the vaccination, and it was an injection.
1: So if you're ever really concerned,
0: just get the
1: killed virus, and that's the injection form. Okay, and then when you had your baby, did, your baby had to get the flu vaccine. Is that correct? Right, right. So your pediatrician will vaccinate the baby. Actually, they
0: end up getting two um, in, two shots for to protect, protect against the flu. So they also have, um, you know, your protection when they're in utero from you and the vaccine that you have received. So it's very important to see, you know, uh, your recommended uh, primary care physician or pediatrician and know what is needed to protect you against these common illnesses.
1: Right. And how effective is the flu vaccine in preventing us from getting the flu? You know, like I know you talked about that, but, you know, more people can get it or, you know, people say, well, I didn't take the take the uh, vaccine last year and I didn't get the flu. I took it this year and I got the flu. Right. So, like I said,
0: the vaccine is really not 100% effective. and never really is. It's between 40 to 60%. And you might have just been lucky one year but you didn't get the flu and didn't get the vaccine. There is no correlation between not getting the vaccine and being healthy. That that, that actually is not true. And the C D C really does recommend that everyone should get vaccinated against the flu.
1: Now what are some signs and symptoms of the flu? Because I know some people are like, Oh my stomach hurts, I got the flu Right. So
0: it's very, very common And it's very similar to the common cold. So you'll have your cough, your sore throat, stuffy nose, but the signs that you're having the flu would be a fever, extreme exhaustion or weakness, and severe body aches. And that could come on really quickly. Mm -hmm. So the common cold, you might feel like you're getting it over the course of a few days, but the flu, once you get it, it might hit you really, really hard very, very quickly. And you'll know because you'll have a fever and body aches, you want to stay in bed. And that's exactly where we want you to be. We want you to stay in bed, stay home, drink plenty of fluids, rest, and don't mingle with the general population. Do not go to work. Do not go to your sporting events. Do not, you know, if if you're a soccer player, don't go to soccer practice, because then you very well may be infecting the rest of the soccer team Mm -hmm. and your coach and those who come out to see you play. It's really not worth it to spread your
1: illness around. Isn't it funny how like... I was I was watching this um, this documentary on people in London, how they're when they they get sick, they're like they stay home and make sure that they take care of themselves versus the U.S. where we're like, oh, we got to be champions. We got to go to we got to go to work. We gotta, and then we end up oh, absolutely. spreading it to everybody else. And if you call in sick to work,
0: we all know we have to bring in a doctor's note. You can't come back without your doctor's note. And it's so important, especially during the flu season, is if you have a fever, you stay home and you should probably not go out. The CDC doesn't recommend that you go out unless you're Fever-free for 24 hours. So no fever for 24 hours without the use of fever-reducing medication. So even my daughter goes to daycare. If she has a fever, she's not allowed back to daycare if she has not been fever-free for 24 hours. Because they don't want her to infect anyone else in the daycare especially children right so it's really important you know you have to sacrifice going into work and hopefully your employer will understand that they're not only doing you a favor they're doing um (laughs) everyone else that you work with a favor
1: (laughs) absolutely (laughs) and it's like oh, like not not having kids you don't know this but then you know you have a kid and then they call and say hey your your son your daughter has a temperature you need to come get them and you're sitting at work and you're like wait what
0: <laughs> that's exactly my that's exactly what happened to me and the first time it happened I said well why do you think she's there because I'm at work right. <laughs>
1: what am I supposed to do oh you learn very quickly you learn very quickly and it's like okay well gotta go gotta go get my son. right you have to have a backup plan that's exactly right Well, doctor, so can you tell us, I know we we talked about senior care, so is it having a senior get the flu shot, is that not putting them at more risk if they are ill? Well, we actually give the
0: flu shot when patients are healthy. So if you do have a common cold. Just wait until you feel better and then come back into our flu clinic and get your flu shot done, and it will prevent the flu. You won't get flu symptoms. That's a myth. You won't get flu symptoms from the flu vaccine. That just doesn't happen. It's a killed virus. So you should be perfectly safe.
1: Great. And then let's move on to your senior care. Now you do hospice. And um, before we went on air, I was talking to you about how both my parents were put into hospice and my head spun around because I'm like, wait, doesn't hospice mean they're dying? And then I had to Google it. And then I was like, well, it doesn't mean that they're dying. They're just in hospice, you know, but maybe that was right. me being, you know, naive. But tell us about that.
0: Right. So part of my practice is hospice care. I really enjoy doing that. I've been doing that for 10 years, a little bit over. And it's when your patients have a terminal diagnosis and they no longer seek aggressive care, and they just want comfort care measures. Now, Medicare guidelines say that you have a period of time for hospice care, which would be six months or less. So we don't necessarily know how long patients survive. It's impossible for doctors to really um, tell you exactly, but we suspect, based on your medical condition, your overall health, and the disease process, how long, and if you're able to eat or not. And so what that means is um, we could estimate that you are terminal and you will have six months or less to live, but they don't hold us to it. If you qualify for hospice care, it's basically comfort care and you no longer want to go to the hospital. You want to stay home and receive medical care at home. So doctors, nurses, they have chaplains and social workers on service and they come and take care of you at home. And just like there's so many different doctors for you to choose, there's so many different hospice agencies that you could choose. So you could really talk to your primary care physician um, and know which one was, is the best fit for you.
1: Now, when they say you have, you may have six months to live, do they just give that number because they can't give a specific number for, you know reasons for the law, you know what I mean? Or do they, like, yeah. we do our best guess. It's our best estimation and it's based
0: on experience and it's based on your personal symptoms. For example, if you have congestive heart failure yeah. and it's severe and you're a New York um, heart association class four, meaning you, you have shortness of breath at rest, then we could Estimate how long your survival rate will be based on your current symptoms, okay. and that's the best way to explain it.
1: Yeah, that's what my dad um, had.
0: He had okay. Yeah, they said that and he had six familiar. months.
1: They said on a Wednesday, he right. had six months, and then he died the next day or something like that. But I think he was wow. like, "Oh no, I, I'm not." He. They said, "Okay, you're gonna." Wait, no, they told us on Wednesday and then he died on that Friday, excuse me. But on that Friday, they put him into uh-huh. hospice. And then he was like, I, I just felt he was like, oh, no, I'm not going to do this.
0: <laughs> right. Well, some patients do, you know, give up. I don't want to say give up, but some patients are ready. Yes. Some patients are ready. And that's OK, too. As long as they're at home with family and loved ones and they're comfortable, that's the important
1: thing. No, I do think some people give up. My dad didn't give up, but after my dad died, my mom totally gave up. She was just like, you know, I don't have my husband anymore. she, She had Parkinson's, which I think... Uh, you know, you can't die from Parkinson's. Is that correct? You just have symptoms of Parkinson's? Right. You could die from complications yes. related to Parkinson's So disease. she died mm-hmm. from complications to Parkinson's, but she totally like, was like, uh, I give up. Well, I feel that, you know. Well, they must have been married. Yeah. They must have been married for a long time. And yeah. we find out with,
0: Couple, married couples especially.
1: So how do you, as a doctor, how do you go in and manage that when they're in hospice? Well,
0: I go in and I see uh, their current needs and their symptom symptom needs and their symptom management and we try to make them as comfortable as possible with medications and oxygen and conservative management and um, without having to use IVs and very invasive methods, Um, we just do comfort care, really.
1: Right. And and why is this so important for you? I just have a passion for it. I've been doing it for over
0: 10 years, and since I do internal medicine, I see patients for years, and I like to follow them till. The end. Mm-hmm. So, for primary care, wouldn't it be nice to know that your doctor, who's been seeing you for over ten years, yes. will follow you till your dying day. Yes. will see you on your deathbed, and we'll s- make sure that you're comfortable until the very end. And that's why I do it. You develop these relationships with your patients, and they mean so much to you, yeah. and you to them. Yeah. You know, I had a one patient who told me, "Who told me you have lots of patients." but I only have one doctor Oh wow! and that really put into perspective
1: for me. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. My, mm-hmm. my doctor, she passed away um, last year and I was, I was devastated. <laughs> I was like, right. Am? Like she, like she was an OBGYN doctor, but I went to her for everything because uh-huh. <laughs> she was really the doctor that I trusted and, Right, I, I, and felt comfortable with. Right, and my head just was like, wait a second, what? <laughs> what? I felt the same way when my OBGYN retired. I said, what? <laughs> Why didn't you tell me? Yes. <laughs> I could have talked you out of it. <laughs> yes, yes, it's something. But, um, yeah, that that is... I mean, I think it's so important for, you know, the the relationships that you develop with your doctor in order for someone to feel as comfortable as they are with you to for that person to come to you and say you're my only doctor, you know. I only have one doctor and it's yes. you. I I mean, right, that really stuck with me. Yes. Yeah. 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 That well, that's wonderful. So what do you see for the state of our senior care? Do you see it getting better any better? That's really not my expertise. I don't like to comment
0: on the state of healthcare. Um I just do what is medically necessary and medically appropriate mm-hmm. for patients and I don't worry about anything else. Yeah. I just practice medicine. A lot of doctors, we just practice medicine. We do it for the joy of medicine
1: and not for the politics of it. Right. If that makes sense. No, totally. No. So the senior care, like, what are those like my my mom had to go into senior health care, which had a hospice area so do you do you see that we're providing more hospice care for our seniors is is that still
0: definitely yeah as our population ages, primary care has become. Very senior oriented and senior focused so even if your primary care doctor is not a geriatrician so I did an extra training I went through a fellowship at UC Irvine here in Southern California for geriatrics and that was extra training that I took to help take care of the senior population now even if you didn't have that training or didn't do a fellowship you still become quickly adapted to taking care of seniors based on your population that is aging and um, the patient population that you see. So we, like you have so many different choices in primary care doctors Mm -hmm. in Monarch, we have over I think, 10,000 primary care doctors that you could choose from, you have so many other different hospice choices. Um, not that I want to promote any one, but I work for care choices. So your doctor will let you know which one they work closely with or which one the, you know they know the nurses or they know that you'll get excellent care with this certain organization. Um, that's kind of the direction you have a choice you know that your every doctor should give you three choices and then you interview them and see which one fits or which one you like and which one matches your wishes and your end-of-life goals you everyone has end-of-life goals Mm -hmm. what is your outlook on how you want to finish this life of ours with a party
1: right I told my husband right. that already. I'm like, I want a party. I don't want a funeral. I want a party. <laughs>
0: That's so nice. That's a great. Way. That's a great way to look look at it. Yeah. That's another reason why I chose geriatrics. Because when you're ready to go, you're ready to go. Yes. Those seniors are. You know, that I had a 102 year old who used to come to me wow. and say, I can't believe I'm still here. Why <laughs> am I still here? And I said, I don't know, honey. And she said, I bet you all my friends think I didn't make. <laughs> it because all her friends you know are right. up in
1: heaven That's and here she is hilarious. oh my god she must have not made it right she must have so me. i love that attitude yeah, yeah absolutely well uh dr morcos clark can you give us some um, uh, tips of staying healthy during this flu season and what we need to do right So the
0: number one tip I have is to get the flu vaccine. Go out and receive your vaccination in the months of October and November. Avoid contact with people who are sick. And if you yourself are sick, stay at home. Let the fever break. Stay at home 24 hours after the fever. Don't go back into the general population. Make sure you wash your hands frequently and avoid touching your mucosa, like your
1: nose and your mouth and your eyes, because germs can spread that way. Mm-hmm. Those are very good tips. Thank you so much. I'm going to go get my uh, vaccination, my flu vaccine, also, my son and my husband. Make sure that they do that as well, because, you know, we can't we don't want to end up in the in uh, our uh, Bedroom, sleeping, and sick for weeks at, on end, right? <laughs> right. You don't want to miss your opportunities to be on the radio. Yes, absolutely not. Absolutely. Well, I thank you so much. And if people want to get uh, in thank touch you. with you, how can they do that? They can reach out to Monarch Healthcare. And I'm also
0: in private practice. So it's Dr. Morcos Clark, M O R. COS-Clark, and I work with Senior Care Medical Associates
1: in Laguna Hills, And we'll be happy to take you as a new patient, and we look forward to seeing you. Uh, This has been such a delight to talk to you, and I thank you so much for sharing your expertise. Thank you. This is ESPN again, Dr. Nermeen Morcos-Clark.
0: ESPN LA 710.